0: evening. I'm going to ask you to follow in the program rather carefully this evening as we have a number of transitions that will take place. I want to welcome all of you from the various congregations represented here tonight. I want to thank uh, those involved in in praying, uh, leading us in prayer tonight, Reverend Markacy, Reverend Lons, and and Reverend Sernus. It is truly a privilege to come to our God What I'd like to do is open with reading of Scripture from Psalm 145, and then we're going to read responsively those questions and answers on the back of your program, 116, 117, 118. And then for opening prayer, we'll use that that version of the Lord's Prayer that is listed there. I'll, I'll lead us in that. Tonight, we recognize that it is. Uh, a privilege that God has given to us. He has provided one who is an advocate for us. The Lord Jesus Christ, as He says uh, to us through John in First John chapter 2, that we might come to Him, having the propitiation for all our sins. And in Him, we have peace with God. So He speaks that word to us this evening of grace and peace. And He calls us to come to Him, confident that as we approach His throne of grace, He will receive us for the sake of His Son. Hear these words from Psalm 145. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Let's look together now at those Questions and answers from the Heidelberg Catechism. I will read the question and ask you to respond with the answer. Question 116. Why do Christians need to pray? The answer, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who continually And with heartfelt longing, ask God for these gifts and thank Him for them. Question 117. How does God want us to pray so that He will listen to us? The answer, first, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed Himself to us in His Word, asking for everything He has commanded us to ask of Him. Second... We must fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in God's majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. Question 118 What has God commanded us to ask of Him. The answer, everything we need, spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer, Christ our Lord Himself taught us. And That prayer is what we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer. We're going to pray that together. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, as we have come in your into Your presence, we are those who are needy. We are those who need to be taught, and You have taught us all that is to be brought before you concerning all who you are, all that you are and all who you are to us, teaching us in that prayer that Christ taught his disciples, we say together, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us join our voices in song. The hymnals there in front of you. Number 122B. 122B. My heart was glad to hear the welcome sound. We're going to sing those four stanzas. Let's stand to sing.
1: 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is truly a privilege for us to gather here and have that desire upon our heart, the same desire as the psalmists of years gone by, that the peoples might praise you, all the peoples of this earth, give you the praise that you alone deserve. For, heavenly Father, you are holy and majestic, pure and powerful. You and you alone deserve the heartfelt praise of all the peoples of the earth. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, receive our praise this evening. Hear the prayers that rise up from these, your people, this night. And We thank you most this evening for your saving power that you made manifest to all the nations of the world because of the great and finished work of the salvation found in Jesus Christ alone. Your only begotten Son, our Savior. How because of his perfect life of obedience to your law, we then can be credited with his righteousness by faith alone. And because of his perfect sacrificial death on that cross, that cruel Roman cross, we can have our sins and the eternal penalty for those sins that we owed taken from us and put upon him so that we can be declared forgiven. What a great and wondrous salvation that you have given to us all by grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. So Heavenly Father, we lift up before you in prayer and petition both our nation and this world. And oh, what hurts and heartaches we see as we look around us. Our nation divided, hurt, scared. Two worldviews in conflict with one another, the one built upon a good and proper fear of the Lord, the other built upon a godless and idolatrous love of self. Father, we also take heart as we hear of a possible reversal by our nation's highest court of the horrible decision called Roe versus Wade. And we pray that you would make this come true. Yet we also hear that each state will be given the right to decide for themselves whether that child in the womb should live or should die. Holy Father of life, forgive us for we know full well what we are doing. And we do it anyway. We look out at the world around us and see wars and rumors of wars. From the devastation occurring in Ukraine, with millions of civilians suffering, to third world despots pursuing nuclear technology, thinking it will give them power. Father, save us from ourselves where we do not even understand what we are doing. We see a virus that has held this world in its grip for the last two years and which indeed has taken many lives and has caused everyone else to come face to face with the truth of just how feeble and frail our existence is on this spinning ball. And are we ready to stand before you in judgment when our last breath is taken. So, Heavenly Father, we confess that the solution to all of these cares and the concerns is for the confession made by the psalmist that, indeed, that you might bring it about, your ways be made known on this earth, your saving power made known to all nations. May that glorious salvation, which you have worked out through Jesus Christ our Lord, indeed, be brought by by these your people to the ends of the earth. And may you work through and grant your blessing upon our missionaries, both at home and abroad, who bring that message of good news in Jesus Christ, so that hearts and lives will be changed and redeemed. Father, bless the efforts that go out around the world in this way. And may you use even us, These, your people, gathered here this night, as they go out to their normal daily tasks tomorrow, guide them, bless them, use them, and may Jesus Christ be praised by them and shown to the world through them. So that indeed, Heavenly Father, your kingdom may come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our hymn is now 252. 252, This Is My Father's World. Stand as we sing all of the stanzas.
2: I've been asked to pray for industry and agriculture. and In order to prepare our hearts for this prayer, I'm going to be reading from Psalm 104, verses 10 through verse 24. That's Psalm 104, starting at reading at verse 10. You make springs to gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell, they sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, The cedars of Lebanon that he planted, in them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir tree. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badger. He makes the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Let's pray together. Our Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, Lord of Lords, you who have ordained the seasons and established this world by the work of your hand, you who made the earth and everything in it, the sun, moon, and stars which you have set in place, yet you have honored man, that you have given this world to man for its cultivation and care. Almighty God, you who sent your son Jesus to this earth to share in our toil, and even to sanctify our labor. Be present with your people where they work. Make those who carry on in industry and commerce, the commerce of the land, may they all be responsible to your will and diligent in their work. Bless the labor of their hands and establish their work as they do it to the best of their ability and for the glory of your holy name. Be pleased, O Lord, to use labor as the means by which these your people Receive their daily bread. You, O Lord, made the pink flower from the gray seed. You made the ear of corn from the kernel. You made the carrot to come from the seed, which is so small, and the mighty oak tree from the small acorn. You have established that the soil be used to provide food for your plants, trees to produce fruit, chickens to lay eggs, cows to give milk, wheat for bread. And yet Lord can these creatures or plants grow or thrive if not by your gracious hand of providence? You are grand creator. You have taken care of us and you have taken care of creation. In mercy O Lord, we pray that you would send rain to water our crops and we thank you for the rain that we have received. We pray once again Lord that you would cause the sun to shine on the fields so that the earth would be warmed, the seeds would Produce abundantly, so that the vines and the stalks and the trees would hang heavy with fruit and grain. Indeed, as your word says, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. But do be pleased to bless the agriculture and farmers in our community with your blessing and your care. Help us to live on this earth, as Adam and Eve did in the garden, preserving and caring for the life and the soil. Ever-thankful. For your good acknowledging that you gave your law of love help us to be faithful in our work help us to see your hand at work in all things and help us as we ponder this creation to see your good and perfect hand and lord we pray that you would teach us to be generous to be abundantly generous after you have met our needs they would never gloat in our excess, but we'd be cheerful in our giving, always giving of the first fruits for those who are in need. O oh God, we thank you that you are the God of the springtime and the harvest. We give you thanks for being the Lord of all seasons. From birth to death, you hold us in your hand and you feed us with the abundance of the earth and the love of your Spirit. Especially this day, O oh Lord, we give you thanks for those who work in the earth, those whom you have created to. Be farmers and gardeners who till the soil, who plant the seed, who tend the crops, and harvest so that we might eat. We give you thanks for those who, with hard toil and long hours, fill our tables with gifts from your gracious hand. Remind us that every good and perfect gift comes from you, and that those who live close to the land would work as co-laborers in the fields that you have created. We recall as well in this day those who work in factories and in industry that produce so much that we need to live and thrive. Hour upon hour, day after day, their lives are committed to transforming the gifts of the land into good and useful products that meet our every need. We are grateful, O Lord, for their hard work, for their creative minds, and for their tireless spirits and their deep commitment to serve others as you have served them. So we pray, O Lord, for your blessing upon the agriculture and industry in this land. And may we, O Lord, be faithful and fruitful in whatever calling we have received throughout the remainder of this year. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's turn now in our songbooks to number 40, sorry, 65C, 65C. Praise waits for thee in Zion, 65C, and we'll sing stanzas 1 and 5 through 6. So 1, 5, and 6 of 65C.
0: Tonight I want to turn us to Psalm 11, Psalm 11, going to make a few observations from that, meditations from Psalm 11, not looking at all that is found therein, but tonight as we hear this word, we want to be encouraged as God speaks to us, giving us a clear understanding of reality as we look up to Him. direct you then to Psalm chapter 11, and we'll be reading the entire psalm. This is the Word of God. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes observe the sons of men. His eyes examine them. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold His face. This is the Word of God. For the people of God, may He give us comfort and strength as we hear the Word and as we bring the Word. Dear people of God, the pressing question of Psalm 11 is so fitting for today. If the foundations are destroyed... What shall the righteous do? It seems as though he's writing this very moment, in this very time. What do the righteous do as the foundations are destroyed, are attacked? It isn't clear who's giving this command to him, or this counsel, rather, to the psalmist. But the the reason, rather, for the counsel is clear. The foundations are under attack. Foundations are in the crosshairs of the enemy of God, the enemy of God's people. One response would be this very response. Flee like a bird to your mountain, for behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. They are attacking not only during the day when war is normally conducted, but even at night. Attacking relentlessly. What do we do when evil is called good and good is called evil? Such as we find in our day today. We might be tempted to flee. In fact, maybe no one even has to suggest that to us. Maybe our own minds decide perhaps it's time to flee. Perhaps it's time to find cover. The psalmist has a determined stance in the face of this suggestion. He opens the psalm with it. He says, in the Lord, I take refuge. Almost as if to say, before the thought comes, before the counsel is given from those around me, I take counsel, I take refuge in the Lord. Other words of the psalmist come to mind. We think of Psalm 121. Lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. The psalmist reminds himself of just exactly who has established all things, who who indeed upholds all things, and he determines to find his help and his refuge in Him. This is the only truly firm place to stand. All else proves to be shakable and unsettled ground. We have many ways, don't we, to respond in times of difficulty or in times of change. And so very often, our conclusions are not right. Right. <laughs> We need the Word of God to direct us. Interesting, I was thinking about this today in 1 Thessalonians, when the Thessalonians thought the world was coming to an end and they did not therefore need to labor, they could be idle. Paul encouraged them, he said, you need direction. No, it is not the time to be idle, it is time to do this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That same counsel is given to us today in times where we wonder how the world will continue as it is. Rejoice always. Pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. James Boyce, in commentary on Psalm 11, says this, In times of stable government and strong faith, the righteous appeal to the country's law or to established standards of faith or morality... But in bad times, they don't exist. What shall we do? Becomes a pressing question. That question is before us. What should the righteous do? The psalmist says, take refuge in the one who is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And take heart and remember, he says in verse 4, the Lord is where? In his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. He rules over it all. He raises up. He brings down. Faith in God leads to prayer. Calvin says, prayer is the chief exercise of faith. Prayer is the way that faith expresses itself. We take hold of what we know and put it to work. Faith Praise depending on God who declares what will be. Who declares what is. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith. Well, what then increases our faith? We are reminded of that in God's Word as well. In Romans 10, Paul says in the Word, faith comes from hearing the Word. Being reminded of all that is true in contrast to what we see. What might trip us up? What indeed does from time to time cause us to stumble? In the Word, we read that God is ready to answer us. He's ready to answer us in Christ, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He has been offered to us. We are called to believe in God's wisdom. That is Christ, our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. The promises of God are this, that in Christ, He will hear us. We heard that in the catechism tonight, didn't we, as we read those words. We rest on this unshakable foundation, even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. Even as He has promised in His Word. The Lord promises to receive His children. Through Christ, God has become a Father to us. He is our strength. He is the one to whom we look. We look up, for He is in His holy temple. His throne is in heaven. He sits above the circle of the earth. The inhabitants of the earth are as grasshoppers. We read in Isaiah 40. As Daniel is in Babylon, what an image for us today. As Daniel is in Babylon, he declares in his prayer that the Lord raises up kings and brings them down. The Lord determines whatsoever shall come to pass. He did not look to the landscape only around him, but up to the Lord his God. He knew that God would accomplish His purposes and that no one could thwart His will. We know what Daniel and the psalmist did not yet understand in that period of revelation and that point of the redemptive story. We know that the Lord is a Father to us. That He is bringing His children home, ready to receive them, able to give all that they need for life and godliness. Indeed, declaring that He will do so, not withholding anything from us that is necessary for life and godliness, for the life of faith. Having this knowledge given to us, the Lord tests the righteous, the psalmist says in verse 5, to refine them, that through trouble and hardship they learn perseverance, They develop character and they have hope for what is to come which is given only from God. That which the world cannot provide. Looking forward so that we might not trust in ourselves but in Him who has given all things. He is in full control. He tests the righteous. He rains coals down on the wicked. He judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart of man. Then the psalmist says this at the end, the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold His face. And we say to ourselves, ah, but the upright shall see His face. Who indeed is upright? Who indeed is righteous? Who can possibly ascend the hill of the Lord? Only He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And there is not one among the human race but the one God has given, the God-man, His Son. And in Him He reckons us righteous as we believe in Him, bringing him, bringing us to Him. In Christ, Paul says, we are seated in the heavenlies beholding His face. And in the presence of the Lord, what do we read? That there is fullness of joy. God grants us all that we need to be joyful, to rejoice always, to pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. For in Christ, we are present before Him and therefore we will not fear. When people fret and say, Flee, for the foundations are being destroyed. The believer yet has peace, for he knows the Lord as his refuge. We know the Lord as our refuge. We know that the Lord is in His holy temple. His throne is in heaven. He does all things well. The Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. And he promises that the upright shall see his face. And these promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, such that we need not fear. When all seems to be falling down around us, we know that God indeed upholds us. For he is for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this reminder that when trouble seems so near, when we are so gripped by confusion, perhaps even fear for ourselves, for our children and grandchildren, that we are to remember that we are to look up where you are seated upon your throne in heaven, there in your holy temple. Caring for us. We pray, O Father, as we are gathered tonight, hearing these words, being reminded that You are a refuge and strength, that we would be strengthened. Grant us that strength through Your Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Beloved in the Lord Jesus, I've been assigned to pray, offer a prayer for Christ Church. And I want to read for us Philippians 2, verses 1 to 5. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Dear God. It is a great comfort to be the recipients of your salvation. Since we are the recipients of your love and mercy, help us to be loving and merciful to one another. We depend upon the Holy Spirit to love you and our neighbor. We pray for your grace to grow in our affection, compassion, and tenderness toward our fellow believers. Dear Lord, we thank you for our unity in which we have the same spirit, the same faith, the same love, and the same purpose. It is our prayer that we not only share common convictions, but also a common affection. Dear Lord, forgive us for our pride, which destroys our unity. Help us to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant, than ourselves. Give us the grace to detect and correct our own faults, as well as honor the excellent qualities of others. For humility is a readiness to forget ourselves and exalt others with respect and concern. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, let us nurture humility and sacrificial love within the church. In so doing, the relationships within the body of Christ will be strengthened if we serve the needs of others and not just be preoccupied with our own needs. To possess such a mindset is to have the mind of Christ. Dear Lord, how we pray that we would honor you and glorify you in our churches, in our worship services, that we would continue to faithfully preach the gospel and to proclaim your great works. Help us to offer you worship that is God-centered and done according to your word. And as we worship in spirit and in truth, we want to bless your holy name with song. Help us to grow in our love and communion with you, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in awe of your splendor, majesty, strength, and beauty. Dear Lord, would you bless us as we teach? From your word. Lord, would you, as we come to the end of a church season, perhaps you're already thinking of the fall, and Lord, would you bless all of our planning and preparation, Lord, for either Sunday school, Bible study, or officer training? Lord, we do pray for the leadership within the church. Pray for grace and wisdom for the current leaders. Help us to do all things in a decent and orderly fashion to govern and reform your church according to the word. Would you raise up new leaders, how we need more men to serve as officers. Lord, would you bless the communion of saints. Would you encourage, help us to encourage and pray for one another. And may new visitors feel connected into the life of the church. And may we use all our gifts and resources for the edification of the body. Give us a desire to gather together for corporate worship and fellowship. Lord, we pray for our evangelistic efforts and for the advancement of your kingdom. Grant us wisdom and opportunities to share the gospel. Bless our conversations with our neighbor. How we pray for the salvation of our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, and our classmates. Would you grant them the gift of faith in Christ and the gift of repentance? Give us all a desire to declare your marvelous works to all the peoples represented in our community. We lift up to you our church planners, our foreign missionaries. Grant them boldness as they declare your glory among the nations and your glorious gospel. Provide, dear Lord, for the physical and spiritual needs of our church planners and missionaries as they labor on the front lines, whether here or abroad. Bless them with the grace of perseverance as they deal with challenges, disappointments, and at times isolation. Lord, would you watch over each of us and help us to share not only the truth of Christ, but also the love of Christ with our neighbor. And all this we ask in the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of our Savior, amen. And now, beloved, will you please turn with me in your hymnal to number 406. 406. Jesus, with thy church abide, and let us stand as we sing stanzas 1, 2, and 3, 6, and 8. The first three stanzas, as well as stanzas 6 and 8.
0: tonight our offering is for the work of the churches in Italy, the United Reformed Churches in Italy, and their efforts to support the Ukrainian refugee uh, population. So let us pray for that cause now. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your church around the world. We thank you for, as we've just Pray the the unity that we have in Christ that no matter where we go beyond whatever national boundaries we might have on the map, we yet find brothers and sisters of different language, of different background, different culture, and yet there is affinity there. There is love there for we are united in Christ. We pray for the work of Reverend Brown and the churches there in Italy as they are taking in refugees from Ukraine. We ask, O oh Lord, that all of, the, all of the needs would be met spiritually and physically. Grant wisdom in counsel, wisdom in provision. And may your name be lifted up and glorified through this word and deed ministry. Hear us as we offer these prayers along with our offerings. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is always a blessing to gather together in worship, in prayer, and in fellowship. You're invited to stay uh, after uh, the service tonight for a time of fellowship. We uh, are so thankful that you were joining with us tonight. Let us go to the Lord now in time of closing prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to express our unity in the faith and our dependence upon you for that unity and for all things from the beginning of conception to the time of death. From the time marked on this earth on into eternity, you are our God, the one who is our help and strength, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. As we go forth from this place, through all of the troubles that come, remind us of who we are and what we have. Remind us that we've been loved with an everlasting love, that we are supported by everlasting arms, that we are recipients of everlasting life, that we are heirs of an everlasting kingdom sealed and made certain by the blood of an everlasting covenant. We ask that you would hear us for Jesus' sake. Amen.
1: Let's join our voices together
0: in the doxology. Let's stand.